This is the Intrepid 007 Podcast. And welcome back to the Intrepid 007 podcast. I hope that you enjoyed our last episode, the Vice episode. It was actually a really fun one to do, and it was directly linked to an activity that I did at a local cigar lounge that had happened uh, in and around the time of the recording. I'm very passionate about scotch and cigars. It's something that I got into um, during my honeymoon in 2008. Um, so since then, it's, it's been something that's really been a, a high interest for me for the last 10, 11 years. So that was a very interesting evening. And with the theme being secret agents, I mean, I, I couldn't have passed it up. Um, today, we are going to be talking about feeling like James Bond. You've possibly seen the Instagram accounts and the blog being James Bond. You've probably heard Joe Darlington's podcast, and you may have even read his book. Um, you've also probably been to Bond Lifestyle, uh, the Bond Experience, these websites and social media outlets. So you kind of know everything about how to look like Bond, what Bond wears, what Bond uses, what Bond accessorizes with, Bond brands, etc. But what does all this mean? What does it come to at the end when you've purchased all these items? What happens once we've got that Sunspell polo in our hands, or we're wearing the Olabar brown shorts. Is it just collecting, or is it a feeling? And that's what I want to get into. And it's going to be a two-part episode. So the first episode, we're going to be um, concentrating on the fashion aspects of feeling like James Bond. That's what we're going to be doing today. And uh, next time, we'll be talking about well, a different subject. I'll I'll save that for a, as a little surprise for later. So getting right into it. Feeling like James Bond, for me, personally, when it comes to the sense of fashion and the way that um, not only I present myself to the world, but the way that I feel inside when I'm wearing a certain item, um, has been important to me since the release of Casino Royale, uh, but it also coincided with the fact that I went from working um, certain jobs, um, if not necessarily factory jobs, but uh, I was working in a, an electronics factory for uh, for a while as a technician, uh, and I had been working, you know, odd customer service jobs and convenience stores and things like that, to working in an office. So when I started working in an office, I didn't really have um, the proper wardrobe to work in an office. So when you're starting from zero, you kind of got to take your influences from what's around you and what you know. Um, my dad worked in an office job for all his life. Um, less so my grandfather. I only have really one living grandfather that can reference. Um, and I mean, he was much more laid back and casual and far retired by the time um, that I was around. Uh, so I was really, my dad was the kind of style benchmark and my dad wore a lot of tacky ties. Um, Maybe less so now, but you know, back in the day, he was a little more uh, less serious about his sense of fashion and sense of style in that regard. Um, so I kind of had an idea of what I did want to look like. 
Um, not to be insulting to my father's uh, sense of style, but there was kind of an idea of what I didn't necessarily want to to wear uh, and the kind of fashion that I didn't want and um, the kind of influences that were already out there of what I did want. I wanted to be more, not necessarily traditional, but more of a classic look. I didn't want to have any shirts with crazy patterns or crazy ties and things like that. And I didn't really end up wearing a lot of ties. It was a lot of dress slacks and, and dress shirts. Um, so that kind of became the standard uniform. But with the release of Casino Royale, we kind of got that dress casual look from Daniel Craig. And what I'm talking about specifically um, is something that we've seen with past Bonds as well, but particularly Craig pulled it off the kind of relaxed casual or uh, the dress casual kind of look with, um, in the movies it's white jeans, but you can apply khakis in this situation as well but it's it's the blue polo the navy blue polos even the long sleeve ones at the end of casino the short sleeve ones uh when the bahama scenes and the khakis or the white jeans um and especially the the look of just a plain gray t-shirt and the white colored jeans or khakis with a leather jacket and that kind of casual not jeans and a t-shirt look but the slight upgrade to that that i found to be quite important for um, Bond to be wearing because it gave us an outlet as Bond fans to find not only that you can buy the high quality t-shirt, the Sunspell t-shirts that he's wearing and, and polos that he's wearing throughout Casino, but the the budget or the affordable alternatives to that look were quite easy to find and quite easy to replicate. Uh, over the past 13 years since Casino Royale, I've owned a number of navy blue polos and great t-shirts spanning from Old Navy to uh, Joe Fresh to Gap to other brands uh, because they're easy to find and it's a look that's so easy to replicate. Um, now, of course, you can go out and you can spend the high-end money and get the actual polo. They're a little harder to find now, but it's kind of that look continued. We see it in... Um, in Quantum of Solace as well, and he's wearing a Harrington jacket, which is a very classic uh, casual jacket. He's wearing the Harrington jacket in, in or a Harrington-type jacket in several scenes in, in Quantum of Solace. The end, he comes out in a long peacoat. Skyfall, he's wearing a short, double-breasted peacoat. These are all looks that um, I kind of cribbed into my own style because they were easily replicable. You didn't have to go out and buy the exact coat or the exact shirt you could replicate the look very easily and i've been wearing a peacoat since uh a wool peacoat since about 2008 as my winter jacket um 2008 2009 um and it's something i wouldn't have worn before before i would have worn you know a weather jacket with a hooded sweatshirt under it or it would have been a ski jacket type thing um, but I actually got into a more mature style of choices because of James Bond and it's as simple as you put on the blue polo even with a pair of jeans um, and if you're wearing the right watch and you're wearing the right sunglasses and you've got your hair done right and the sound all silly uh, but you feel like Bond you you kind of feel like this is this is the style and for me personally, I went further than that, and sometime around 2008, 2009, uh, 2010 even, um, I had a watch that had unfortunately broke or had stopped working or there was 
quite a bit of water damage. So I went on eBay to find an Omega replica, and I found what I find to be the best Omega Seamaster replica that's available or was available at the time. They're very hard to find now, uh, but it's called the Theta Spymaster. And I refer to it often as my Fomiga, but it's actually a very tough watch and it's a very close representation of the uh, type of Omega that uh, Pierce Brosnan was wearing throughout uh, his run as Bond and that carries over into Daniel Craig. So it's a blue-faced Omega Seamaster copy. Um, it's banged up quite a bit. I, I, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. It's got uh, almost 10 years of abuse into it. I've recently, unfortunately, cracked the crystal on it, so that needs to be completely replaced at, uh, at a later time. Um, but this is actually a watch that I thought had died at one point, um, because at one time they had replaced the battery and they had misplaced or mispositioned the rubber seal and the uh, watch had gotten some water in it. Um, and at another time, the screw down crown had um, the, the mating surface of where it would screw down to had broken off the case so it didn't screw down. So it had two um, unfortunate possible entries for water, which caused it to become waterlogged and caused it to no longer work. Um, and I had gone to see at one point to have the movement changed. And um, just for context, I paid about $40 for the watch, including shipping from eBay. Uh, and I was being quoted uh, 75 to have the movement replaced. So first of all, it's a very good Japanese movement, uh, a copy of a Swiss movement um, that's similar to actually the movement that's in one of my Casio watches. So uh, I had known that at that point the the movement was a good and it was a solid watch. So I had shelved it and I had bought a Casio, uh, a blue face Casio as well, because I, I love the blue face watch. I think it, it uh, it's, goes well with with a lot of things so i would would had gone back to that um and as a miracle about a year and a half later i was uh looking at my bond collection i was looking for uh, a book i believe and i realized that the watch was ticking so the resiliency of a inexpensive watch um was kind of proven there uh but more to my point that watch every time i wear it i look down and i see spymaster and i see the kind of details that the omega has and i'm like this is might not be the omega might not be the best watch in the world but damn do i feel like james bond when i'm wearing it uh and the same thing for the polo um i'll say that i haven't invested in a quality polo because i find that all PK polos, if you're buying a $50 one or a $20 one, they're going to fade. Um, they always wear in the same places. So there's not really, I haven't seen the point in putting the big money down. Um, I have tried several brands. Um, so now the last one that I had purchased was a, I believe it was the Gap that I had bought it from. And this one has worn out. And it's probably the one that's toughed out the longest. Um, but it is finally worn out. Uh, and in the same places, it's at the seams uh, on the sleeves where the hem of the sleeve meets the uh, seam, the inseam of the sleeve. Uh, there's always holes that start there. So in sticking with the Bond theme, I went hunting for a new navy blue polo because, like I said, I believe that it is the standard, um, the standard of, uh, of the Bond uniform for 
uh, for many people. Um, so that being said, I could have gone and spent the big money and got myself the sun spell. Uh, I decided not to because uh, I'm looking on, of all places, Amazon. I found that I could purchase a new, uh, a different brand, uh, a brand that's associated with James Bond, but not necessarily for the polo. So what I found on Amazon um, was a Slazenger polo. Uh, and now Slazenger was used um, in Goldfinger mainly. And in Goldfinger, what we see Slazenger used for is you see it in the movie, uh, particularly. Um, Bond is wearing these the kind of um, red uh, burgundy um, Slazenger polo, uh, not polo, excuse me, the burgundy Slazenger jumper with the Slazenger logo, which is the leaping uh, jaguar or cat. I'm not sure what exactly what they want to qualify that as. Uh, in gold, embroidered over the breast. He wears that over a gray polo. Uh, he's wearing black slacks. It's kind of that classic look. And so Slazenger was, was present there, but it was also the brand of ball that Goldfinger used. So it kind of had that um, double utility um, in, in the movie. So when I saw that Slazenger makes a blue polo, I said, what's better than spending um, for a, an affordable polo than it actually being a Bond brand? Even if it's not a screen used item or if it's not a brand, it's not the, the actual item that Bond had been wearing in, say, um, a movie. Uh, it's not a Fred Perry. It's not a Sunspell. It's not Tom Ford. Uh, it's it's a mark. It's it's an entry level or a mid market brand. Um, and I have to make the distinction. This with Slazenger right now is Slazenger makes a, I suppose, lower tier or a entry level kind of um, clothing line for golf. And then they have what they call their Slazenger Heritage, which makes reproductions of some of the older jumpers and things like that so they have the kind of the high end and they have the low end uh, so this is on the lower end but like i said i i burn through these polos more often than not um with the fact that you know i've got three kids and uh, they fade out and i don't trust myself in buying an expensive one so going back to uh, purchasing affordable versions of the either screen used or official uh, items from the Bond universe. We mentioned the watch. I've mentioned the um, polo as being a, a, a big thing. Um, one of an easy upgrade or an easy purchase is, of course, buying yourself a nice um, double cuff dress shirt. Um, by double cuff, I mean the French cuff, something you put cufflinks into. It's harder to find a tail cuff shirt, but there are certain tailors that will still make them. And I know that you can make them, you can purchase them uh, from Mr. Fish and through Anthony Sinclair. They still make uh, shirts in the same way. Turnbull and Asser, of course, still makes them. Um, but if you're looking into the lower end, it's a little harder to find. I know that certain tailors will do it. Uh, and I've seen them uh, from uh, places like Silmazur uh, in Canada will we'll make those kind of, and there's other services that will make those kind of um, shirts for you. Um, so that's one of the easier things. I think that the French cuff shirt, I think anything you could put cufflinks into, you're going to feel like Bond. Um, you're wearing a suit, you got cufflinks on. Um, I mean, de facto, you're feeling like Bond. Same thing as if you got a bow tie on. I was at the event for the, the SCAR event I was mentioning at the top of the show. Um, I wore a pseudo tuxedo. So basically just my, my regular 
black suit with a white shirt and I wore a bow tie. I don't really have a, a nice smoking jacket uh, right now because I don't really wear suits regularly. So I don't really see the need for one at the moment, but um, I would definitely consider it in the future um, and possibly a better quality bow tie. But it's kind of the, the easy style upgrade. Um, just adding a pocket square to the breast pocket of your suit is a style upgrade and having it placed a certain way um now pocket squares are another another subject altogether um there is jb bespoke who makes a, a bond specific or a kind of bond inspired pocket square that's going to fit perfectly into your breast pocket whereas traditional pocket squares the way you have to fold them they kind of end up bulky and they don't fit necessarily right so a little quick plug for our friends over at jb bespoke they make a pocket square that is designed specifically to fit into a breast pocket um, with as minimal folds as possible so it actually fits perfectly rather than being awkwardly folded in three and having all these weird creases which i admit are kind of troublesome uh, i've always kind of pressed mine so that they look the most condensed possible because i like that nice clean look i haven't uh, uh seen any pocket squares out there that are or claim to be as perfect as the ones from jb bespoke and he's actually selling them now as a dual pack so you can buy two pocket squares um in the double uh, 002 pack or 002 pack that he calls so you would have in the uh, cloth that you choose and uh, so he you can check him out and if you're looking to purchase some pocket squares and if you regularly wear suits or you plan on wearing suits in the future um, that would be your your best bet in terms of a bond sense um, you can always go for the turnbull and Asser stuff and there's plenty of of high-end brands that are associated with bond uh, like i said anthony sinclair is the tailor who made the suits for goldfinger and a lot of sean, uh, sean connery's um suits and i believe it was terence young who was the director at the time who got bond into his tailor and his tailor was in fact anthony sinclair the name has been taken over um recently and i know that they're associated with the shirt maker mr fish and they sell uh, a variety of different things through anthony sinclair it's not just the uh, the tailoring they do sell a variety of different items from different um bespoke companies in england so you can get your fix there of course if we're looking generally at what's available for Bond fans, um, you've probably seen it recently. You probably saw his live cast. David Zaritsky of the Bond Experience um, did a live podcast or a live video cast on YouTube um, for the unveiling of Olgabar Brown's entire collection uh, related to 007. So they were previously doing their swim trunks with Bond themes. Now they've expanded that to include... Um, the toweling onesie from uh from the bond films uh a pink um pinkish salmonish kind of um linen shirt uh that we see connery wear with uh, similar colored shorts um they've got another kind of uh connery era short in there too a lot of their things are are very connery era i think everything in the collection is actually from the connery era including the uh bathrobes and uh things like that so it's a lovely collection course then again it's on the high end um if you're looking for the budget alternatives uh this is kind of where the hashtag we have people everywhere becomes very very pertinent um the hashtag was um coined by colleagues in montreal uh, the james bond complex um upon the realization that 
as a Bond community on social media presently, we have fans everywhere. We didn't really realize that we had been so close, um, myself and and the two uh, buddies over at the James Bond Complex. Um, they're in Montreal, my hometown, go Habs. Um, and I'm here in Quebec City, about two and a half hour drive away. Um, there's Jeff and Murray who run James Bond Canada. And Jeff is in Toronto and I believe Murray is out west uh, in Canada. Um, they were all actually in Quebec City in 2017 uh, when George Lazenby was screening his uh, film Becoming Bond and I had missed that because uh, the afternoon it was screening I was actually um, landscaping my backyard what I hadn't realized that they were screening on Her Majesty's Secret Service in one of the larger squares in old Quebec and I had missed the opportunity to go and meet up with them um, completely not realizing that that was going on and that I could have potentially been available to go uh, and missing again the opportunity to, to meet George Lazenby lucky duck that he is Jeff from Bond Canada is actually in Portugal and I believe on his way to Switzerland afterwards following the celebrations of the 50th anniversary of Honor Majesty's Secret Service so he is getting to meet um, Mr. Lazenby again um, and getting to do that wonderful course so we are kind of living vicariously through him uh, I know that being James Bond uh, host Joe Darlington is out there as well and he actually met up with um, the two fellows over at uh, James Bond Complex uh, Matt and his uh, forget the name very sorry don't mean to do this to you guys but uh, I don't know your names yet I know Matt Suroglaya I don't know your buddy um, who's got that great Christopher Waltz-like voice. Um, don't know his name, but uh, I've been checking them out lately um, on their podcast. So we have people everywhere. Because we have people everywhere, we have people that treat feeling like Bond in different ways. Um, there's the Instagram page Icon Alternatives, who recently published um, alternatives to almost all the swimsuits of the James Bond era. And what better time to do it than at the beginning of summer when pool season is going to be starting quite soon. Um, if you know me personally, you know that that's not necessarily true for me um, because my pool is dead again. But um, that's beside the fact. Um, the alternatives to the uh, the shorts that are out there, of course, there are the ones that you can purchase that are that are from Oral Bar Brown that are already copies of or inspired by some of the Sean Connery looks and of course there are ones that are pulled right from Skyfall and other films um, then there's alternatives that are actually uh, quite affordable and give you the same look the thing with all these shorts is um, they're quite short so they're not necessarily made for all body types uh, this is something I'll get into the next podcast and you'll see that later um, but there's my budget bond who does kind of the same approach um, in finding alternatives to some of the the styles that are out there um, and there are a plethora of others on Instagram who are able to go out and pick and choose uh, different looks to assemble a look that is similar to the film uh, David Zaritsky when he was doing uh, the Bond Lifestyle video podcast for the longest time uh, would do it with Old Navy and would do it with Target so there are opportunities there as well to find affordable alternatives to the looks that we're trying to pawn from the movies uh, some of the other things as well is on 
speaking of the Bond lifestyle, um, and congrats to uh, Remert from the Bond lifestyle for having designed the logo and the website for George Lazenby, um, plugging him again. <laughs> and uh, his website is actually great because recently they've actually posted the alternatives to all the watches um, in the uh, in the Bond films. So like I mentioned, I've got a copy of Nomiga Seamaster. I've actually purchased a um, Casio that I find uh, greatly resembles the Omega uh, Aquaterra uh, Seamaster, which is unfortunately broken as well. Um, but there's also uh, different watches that are, that are there from all eras, including Roger Moore's digital uh, Seiko era, and uh, there's actually a few affordable options on there. One of the affordable watches that I've seen recently is um, Timex actually makes a really nice kind of Rolex Submariner um, copy of the Blackface watch that um, we see Connery wearing. Um, I've actually got a copy of that as well. And you've seen, if you've looked at my Instagram page, I've actually got uh, the metal strap and I've got the NATO kind of strap that goes with it. So I can switch back and forth and get it that, um, that Sean Connery look. And I've mentioned this in my blog at uh, intrepid77.wordpress.com. This watch is actually covers many bonds and actually covers many styles. Um, So Connery wears the kind of Rolex Submariner with the NATO strap in uh, his early works. Roger Moore then wears one with metal strap sometime around the beginning. Um, And if I'm not mistaken, um, there's one other actor, and I'm trying to think now if it's between Lazenby or um, Dalton, but I have the impression that Dalton was wearing a tag hewer um, at the time of his filming. Um, I know that the same look is recreated in Spectre with the uh, NATO-strapped Omega Seamaster with the black face, which is kind of um, a uh, an homage to what Connery was wearing. I don't think that we're going to see any of the modern James Bonds come back to Rolex. I think uh, Omega has uh, nicely cemented themselves in place as the official watch of Bond, and uh, rightfully so. They make really nice watches um, and really nice special editions. I don't think that Rolex really capitalized on it, and I don't really think they need to either with the stature that they have. Um, so it's great to see that there's so many different outlets for us out there as Bond fans to not only find the exact look from a film, and you'll see it now with Bond 25, um, just some of the looks that we've had from Jamaica, people have absolutely jumped at finding exactly what Bond was wearing. Uh, so we've found uh, that the shirt is from Tommy Bahama and it's already sold out. Uh, the shoes are a particular model of Sperry boat shoes and those are probably to sell it as well uh, as did the Connery, uh, not the Connery, the uh, Daniel Craig shorts, the La Perla shorts that he wore in Casino Royale, just like the Sunspell Riviera Polo and the Riviera t-shirts, um, just like pretty much any other item that has been uh, created. I know that uh, the barber jackets from Skyfall, they sold out pretty quick as well. There's a lot of stuff that they can't get and they can't source. And there's a lot of things that I think that they, they, they're really from the costume department. Uh, I had the discussion with uh, the fellow over at Icon Alternatives in regards to the uh, gray t-shirt that Bond is wearing in several of the scenes that are filming right now in Jamaica. Um, is it really a uh, just a, a costume? Is it just, you know, someone in-house that's distressed the shirt? Is it supposed to be believed that it's the 
old shirt from the boat scene at the end of Casino Royale that he's had all this time that's now tattered to shreds? Or is it, uh, as I've found online, is it a woman's distressed t-shirt from uh, Neiman Marcus? Uh, so that's kind of up for debate if someone's going to claim that t-shirt as their own. Um, I don't believe the shorts have been found as of yet in regards to those scenes, but it's kind of interesting that you kind of have those mini spoilers before the film is already out. We already know, well, he's wearing this, he's wearing that, he's wearing this, he's wearing that. Um, and it's something that's that's kind of new since Craig, because I don't really think that we went into, um, I, I personally don't really remember because maybe I was too young, but I don't remember anyone going too crazy over the Brioni suits um, in James Bond uh, in the Pierce Brosnan era. Uh, perhaps the watches were a little more um, popular, but I think with the advents of, of social media and the fact that social media has kind of followed the evolution of Bond since Casino Royale, that we're now able to get spoilers immediately. I mean, the day that they started filming in Norway, we got pictures. Uh, the day that they started in Jamaica, we started getting pictures. We've already identified the look. I think that we've got some sharp people out there with eagle eyes that are able to go out and find um, what we're looking for. We've This has been going on since the forums. I remember joining the Bond Lifestyle forums um, in the mid 2000s as well um and there are some key people with keen eyes that are that are looking at stuff and um there's a lot of people that are involved in in that and uh the reproduction of props and how do they make that prop and um now the props are a little different because you can't really feel like bond but for me one of the things that makes me feel like bond is and is also a prop um it's not a screen used prop but you can buy a stainless steel parker jotter um 25 years later after goldeneye after we see boris annoyingly clicking it um <laughs> that led to his demise uh but that model of parker pen is still purchasable for around $20. Um, I've purchased two, actually, because I lost the first one, but I've, I've purchased this pen, and I use this pen every day, and it's my everyday pen. Um, there are certain knives, and I know that uh, Ray and uh, Ray over at um, the Bond Armory and uh, uh, David Zeritsky have discussed this as well. There are certain knives that we see in the Bond movies that are absolutely purchasable and they're absolutely available, available and people use these as their everyday pocket knife. Um, so there are th items that are directly taken from Bond that you can actually grasp and hold. Um, for those of you who are into firearms, I mean, all the firearms that Bond uses are not fictional. Uh, Walther PPK actually exists. You can buy a Walther PPK, uh, PPK, possibly not with a with a suppressor or a silencer. The same thing for the P99. There are air gun versions of those that are purchasable. Um, there are uh, all kinds of replicas available on the market for for all those things. Um, so that feeling of bond when you can have a tangible item that can be part of your everyday uh, for me. If I'm using the Parker, uh, the Parker Jotter, I use that for all my notes at work. I use that to write um, certain things as well. I try and use it as much as possible. It's my favorite pen. It's um, it's different. It's not a Bic. It's it's this particular pen. Um, I've even thought of purchasing a Ronson lighter, um, albeit a butane one and not a vintage one because I want something more reliable. But why not? Why not go and take something that's easily purchasable? 
um, the, the, the Ronson lighter is maybe $25, $30 that I've seen uh, in a kind of distressed gunmetal gray, kind of what Bond was using in the books. Uh, no, I'm not going to start uh, smoking cigarettes just to use the lighter, but you know, I, as you saw in the last episode, I am a uh, cigar smoker, so having a good lighter is something that you, you really do need. Um, so that's kind of how I feel about the whole James Bond, the look and the feel. Um, you can look like James Bond, or you can feel like James Bond inside, even if it's not evident to the world. And I think that's where we kind of draw the line between our world of feeling like James Bond and the world of, say, cosplay. Because if you want to feel like Wolverine, it's kind of hard to walk around your house in yellow spandex. If you want to feel like Tony Stark, it's kind of hard to cut a hole in your chest and, you know, insert a infinite-powered reactor to keep shards of metal away from your heart. You're, you're not going to be able to attain that level of satisfaction. You probably don't have a full suit of armor that's totally mechanized and weaponized, you know, lying around in your basement. Um, the Bond look is more attainable and it's more subtle because I can go into the office tomorrow wearing um, a certain a certain item or a certain uh, set of items and I can feel like like James Bond. Um, like at the end of uh, not the end of Spectre, sorry, when when Bond is uh, leaving um, Oberhauser's <laughs> uh, lair, um, he's wearing just you know. His, his blue suit pants and a white shirt with the sleeves uh, kind of tattered and he's kind of dirty and you know I've got a pair of blue slacks navy blue slacks and I've got a white shirt and why wouldn't I feel like I'm at the end of um, Spectre and that uh, it's it's an easy look to obtain I don't own a navy blue suit but if I did you know why wouldn't I feel like like Bond it's it's easily attainable for us as Bond fans I believe and I believe that the standard uniform of 90% of male Bond fans that are listening to this podcast right now is that you all own a navy blue polo, you all own either a pair of khakis or a pair of white colored Levi jeans, and every time you put them on, you put on an Omega Seamaster or you put on another similar watch and you feel like Bond. I went as far as going to AliExpress and purchasing a pair of knockoff Sunspell, uh, sorry, not Sunspell, Persol sunglasses, albeit they're the wrong model. But um, the fact is, is when I put on the the uh, green lensed tortoise shell Persol sunglasses, and by the way, they they're they're very. I won't say cheap copies, but they're kind of an okay copy because they actually say personal on the arms and they're kind of uh, particular in that way that you could almost not tell them apart. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um, so I'm wearing the personal shades and I'm wearing the navy blue polo and I've got my faux mega spy master on my wrist and I'm wearing a pair of light colored khakis and brown shoes. I feel like Bond and it's a great summer look and it's easy and it's no one's going to look at you and say, hey, you look like James Bond. No one's going to do that. It's kind of incognito. You know it, and it's your feeling, and it belongs to you, and it's a great feeling. And that's how I try and live my my fashion and uh, how I try and um, wear my Bond uh, fandom on my sleeve. So that's it for this episode. Episode 2 is going to be coming along in a few weeks uh, and it'll be in the similar 
line of feeling like James Bond, so you'll just have to tune in. Thank you. Take care. And thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Intrepid 007 Podcast. Please, if you're not already doing so, follow us on Instagram at 007 underscore Intrepid. I'm also on WordPress. You can see my blog there at intrepid007.wordpress.com. Of course, you're listening to this podcast. You're obviously listening to us either on SoundCloud or via iTunes or Spotify. Tune in next time. The Intrepid 007 podcast will return.